already start recording? Yeah. Why? So people can hear my uh, fantastic Chrono Trigger. That's just a tease. Spoiler alert, the next game is not Chrono Trigger. Also, we don't talk about that at the beginning. We gotta, there's a whole system. We I was come just, on. I always hum the Chrono Trigger theme. We come on, we say something irreverent, and then we go, Wait, hey are everybody. Even, are we even recording any audio right now? I don't know, you tell yeah, me. Yeah, we are, we are. You're the, you're the technician here. Yeah, I'm just, good. I'm just the, the fat boy. Um, Man, I'm gonna really? make some soba after this. Soba? Some soba. Uh, instant I'm soba? Red. I'm gonna eat some more some bread. Some instant so really... soba? Fantastic. I think it might be better than instant ramen. I think you're just into drunk food. I don't want to spoil the podcast for anyone, but I'm almost certain that Nick is recording this intoxicated. I'm a little tipsy. You're a little tipsy. Just a little does tipsy. That, does that change? Because now people are gonna think about it for the rest of the recording. Like I tip people off. They can't trust me. They don't know. They can't trust gonna... my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Because they don't know, like, wow, can I hear it in his voice? No, there's no way. That's there's there's I feel no... like I speak a little bit slower. Just a little. You sound wow. I think I, I, I think I spend more time trying to enunciate my words properly. I I was going to say you sound happier when you're drunk. Oh no! But then <laughs> Jesus when I was Christ. saying that mid sentence, I'm like, wow, that's really dark and fucked up. Even Jeez. though I tried to make a compliment, but all that ended up happening was uh, was that. Yeah, maybe you should just drink more. You'll be happy. I will just drink all the time, dude. Um. I'm I'm coming down off of a couple of uh, of gin and tonics. We had a we had a nice afternoon the with old friends. The and T's. Yeah, we we had a nice afternoon with friends. We just sat in our living room and talked. It's very hot in Los Angeles, and we played uh, quarantine roulette by having people over. But you know what? It was people who I trusted, people who recently tested negative, and I go well, out I to was the market. Inconclusive. You were inconclusive, <laughs> motherfucker. I have no idea. If I get sick, I'm a hundred percent. Dude, what if it. I was just a vector for three different people? I'd be mad. I mean, I'd be mad too. You'd be, you'd be very mad. I'm fine. Yeah, we we got to we got to drink. We got to hang out. Some people drank more than others. There was some nice frosé in the fridge. Some frosé. Frozen frosé. Frosé. I mean, there's one more pouch. Nick and I talked about being naked in front of each other again. We still had an inc- inconclusive result on it. We've never been naked in front. You al- you almost once walked in on me in the bathroom in my door. I was like, uh, I was pooping and the door was open. And I was like, oh, I should have closed the door. And it's like, it's fine. It's not like Joey's going to walk in. And then I heard... A- I was like, oh, "Don't come in!" <laughs> I've never just knocked, and then I—the only time that you I've did, opened your door without really right, knocking was yeah. when I had your the, your bike battery. The bike battery, but I was like, "Thank God, Joey isn't a Kramer." I always knock. You're not a Kramer, but still, I panicked. You always want to panic. <laughs> that's that's the thing. I think we've decided that we're gonna go post quarantine to uh, to a Korean spa. Yeah, man. And then, then we'll break the ice there. I feel like, hold on, maybe not immediately after <laughs> quarantine. <laughs> maybe a few months after the vaccine. Yeah, it, I don't know, because so many people aren't going to take the vaccine. Are vaccines the free? Work. It depends. This one almost certainly will be because okay. of politics. I'm not going to buy one if it's over $80. That's. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> if we don't do vaccine until February, best case, then that means that we're not getting back onto our lives until like next summer, really. Oh, June. I honestly don't think it's happening until 2022, baby. You think we're gonna be this fucked up for this long? 2022 fall. This is a this is a PS5 release. Oh, dude, that fuck for the works. vaccine. That means we're never gonna get to go to the Korean spa. What about the hot tubs? I mean, we'll still go. We'll still go. Man, what a joke. I. 
played a video game. What video game did you... Uh, this is a weird game. I don't know why you chose this one. I was so curious. I think there was a reason for us to choose this last last time. I think that, you know... Um, I mean, we talk about this often. Spirit of Garbage Game Club. Games that we haven't necessarily played that have been in the backlog that we need like an excuse to play, right? And Cave Story was one of those games for me. Cave Story actually was on was on the fringe of, of a backlog game because I've never been like, oh, I should play Cave Story and then just didn't. It was kind of like not really on my radar because I think when Cave Story was like starting the indie game Typhoon, I wasn't someone who was necessarily into indie games. I was just someone who was like playing Counter-Strike competitively and playing some AAA games and getting excited for a new Mario game, which I guess is two and three is kind of the same I mean, there was no indie game scene when Cave Story first released in 2004 because it was a game developed by one person. It was made by one man in Japan named Daisuke. And, like, really, everyone likes to talk about people like Kojima People like, you know, you got your Cory Bar logs. People like to throw around the word auteur. Auteur, auteur. Triple A game auteurs. That doesn't really exist because we as a human species love to attribute unexperienced to one person. But for games that have over 80 plus people working on them, you can't really say that an individual director is the sole creative force behind it. But you can when literally only one person makes the game. You got your Undertales, you got your you got your Stardew Valleys, and then Oberdin. You got Return of the Oberdin, but then you have the first one, the first of of the indie cavalcade of games, and you got you got Cave Story. It is a game that I remember downloading in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. So you came to it a couple years late. I yeah. guess I came to it fifteen years late. I, I got to it on my parents' Mac because I was like, someone made a game. That's a Metroidvania. That's basically Castlevania and Metroid. Like back before, you know, Castlevania, uh, Metroidvania was a ubiquitous term. Someone made a Castlevania Metroid game that I would really like and it's free. Is it going to give my parents a... Is, am I going to get a virus? Am I going to get yelled at? You can't get a virus on Mac. It's fine. It, no one designs viruses for Macs, right? <laughs> so I downloaded the game and I just found myself completely and utterly enthralled with what it was because I kept when I first played the game back in 2007 I thought yeah, to you're myself, like a teenager you're like a young teenager yeah, I thought you know at what point are is the game gonna stop me and say you know to play the full game pay you know 15 bucks and then you can continue but that never re- really happened I never really got far enough one because I wasn't you know well versed in keyboard and mouse stuff back then I, I'm pretty sure the original game was controlled with the directional keys Oof. instead of WASDA how wazd wazd w wazda would be like an a would be two a's <laughs> okay joey uh but that was one of the things i was like oh maybe you know maybe i can't really do pc gaming like maybe it's not for me or whatever and i never played it again until recently when i went to japan and i was like oh i want to get some like japan only switch games like physical ones like rare stuff and i went to a um japanese game store and I found Cave Story, which was only being printed physically in Japan at the time. So I have a Japanese copy of the game, which I thought was neat. There's a novelty to it. Uh, that and I Am Setsuna. But I was just like, oh, I'm going to play this one day. Not right now. I mostly bought it as a novelty because it was like 20 bucks, And I was like, I'll play this one day. Mm-hmm. And this was that one day. 
I'm glad you got to come back to it, right? And I'm glad that I got to try something new. When I think about 2005, I think about, I don't know, the sixth grade middle school Steam and not having anyone games on it that weren't... Only Counter-Strike? That weren't uh, Half-Life 2, which wasn't out or fucking, you know... Yeah. Uh, it, it, Steam was green. There wasn't the, there wasn't an online gaming marketplace. There was no store. Indie games didn't really exist like that. Yeah, you probably had what the original Spelunky, which was a downloadable slash flash game, mm-hmm. and this, and maybe something on Newgrounds like Alien Hominid. Yeah, that was kind of the the extent of it, right? And then we just didn't play it. And by we, I mean I. I just I just didn't play it. I know that people have referenced it. It's like, oh, look at this like game that kind of made indie gaming indie gaming. That's kind of almost the moniker that Cave Story gets, right? Like, oh, it's the grandfather of indie games. So now I get to be like, okay, well, does, does Grandpa hold up or is he like some weird racist asshole now? Like, how, how, how did age treat Grandpa? And I think like most things that are 15 years old at this point, it's a little mixed, at least for me. Mm. There's a lot of things that I think what could have potentially felt groundbreaking if I was my 20-something-year-old self back in 2005 where I could have like had been have revelations about case or I've been like, whoa, this is so interesting. Look at this one-person developer. Look at like all this, these things that this game is doing that no one else is doing, right? Or that other people are doing but like in a AAA space or like you had to be Nintendo. But now, as someone who has gotten to play cave stories grandchildren before cave story i can still appreciate stuff in cave story that i think is interesting or cool but not all of it lands super well for me there's some stuff that's just you know how you, you know sometimes you play games and you know that it's an old game just because of the amount of convolutedness that exists inside of it mm, convoluted how i'm very curious about this I think I know what you're talking about, but I wanna I wanna hear your case first. The game before I dunk on it. <laughs> the game really needs you to like fully explore itself. It, the game doesn't really hand you much. Like you kind of know where you're going. There's a lot of stuff up for you to understand. There's some backtracking. There's items that do things, items that don't do things. There's items you don't always have to get. Like you know, kind of in. Uh, there's never, like, gates that, that feel too linear, sometimes to its detriment. Like, oh, do I want to go to good ending? Well, I better find this one random block that's actually not a solid block, and I can walk through it to walk around this passageway to get to a scientist to talk to to go on a new quest to change my ending. Or like, oh, man, did you go talk to that fucking dead rabbit that fell in the hole? Well, sorry, <laughs> you just get the bad ending to the game now because you did what the natural human instinct was. Like, you want to play the whole game again? I guess you can do that. There's, there's a lot of things in the game that feel really gamey and feel like people nowadays, if it wasn't such like a big air quotes art game, would just be annoyed by. I, I get that. I, I don't know. Maybe I think I, I think I just have more experience with Metroidvania type games in that I do feel like this game is very straightforward with its pathing where it's just like. Yeah, you gotta go to the you gotta go to the desert now. All right, after that you gotta go to the egg field. All right, after that you gotta go to this area. Like I feel like the game does a pretty good job of making sure you never get lost, which I was actually surprised by 
because I think the thing that put me off about this game is I hate the feeling when I play a Metroidvania, and it was the same thing that happened to me when I first played Hollow Knight and stopped me from playing Hollow Knight initially, was the idea that I got lost and don't know where to go. This time you were the one who brought Hollow Knight up, not me. That's, I just want to know <laughs> for the audience, you're the person who brought Hollow Knight up, not me. Okay, we can move on. But But this one really just felt like it was hand-holding in a way that I didn't expect it to and as far as telling me where to go all the time, which I was like, oh, this is pretty straightforward. And I, I had looked up right before I played the game the how long to beat just to see like how much time am I expecting to put into this. And I pretty much beat the game in the span of one day, and I felt like four hours. And I feel like the average time was like seven, so I was like, w- did I skip something? Did I miss something? The game really flew by for me. I don't know if that's me just being good at it or it's weird to like, oh man, I'm so good at uh But it so just it video just games. it really flew by in a way that I wasn't expecting because I I really thought it was gonna be a slog. And I think that slog began when I first loaded into the first moment of the game where you're kind of just deposited into the overworld without a weapon and you feel what the movement is like. And the movement initially I was like, Oh, I don't know that I like this on a controller. I could I could see how it would work on a on like WASD, but I, I, I don't know that I like how it is on controller because it's a very deliberate movement set in that your character what what's their name? Short shortcut Dude, or something like that. We can talk about the fact that like who's anyone's ca- I know that I play this game like a couple I weeks ago. I know they're ago. called Mimi Guys. Mimi Guys. They're, I know that I played this game like a couple weeks ago, and in the span of a couple of weeks, I just already lost all remembrance of like. But this character is in so many indie like, games. What's the story? And He's like, like the original Shovel Knight. He's in every other indie game. Yeah. But, but like there is a, a deliberateness to the movement that I actually really came to dig because I think it's very smart in that your character, like a Mario type, has a little bit more momentum. So if you're holding right on your respective controller, your character will actually continue moving even if you stop holding the right movement mm-hmm. and he'll slide a little bit. Like there's a little bit of momentum. It reminds me very much of a, a, a Castlevania mindset in that in the original Castlevania, I can't change the pathing of Simon's jumping arc. Once you jump, you have to commit to that jump. I can't pull a Mario and move while I'm jumping in the middle of the air. So that's a very deliberate design choice that I think they do a fantastic job of really capitalizing on. Or I'm sorry, that Daisuke does a very good job of capitalizing on. It all feels so like you have to be so precise with your movement, which I really, really like. And you're shooting. And you're shooting, and everything. Yeah. I like that the game allows itself to break itself. So what feels fun about um, K-Story to me is is the uh, experience mechanic for the guns. It's so good. Has anyone stolen that or did he steal that from anyone else? I don't. I honestly can't think of a moment that or another game that has this similar mechanic because it's very smart. You got to pick up Doritos. When you pick up Doritos, you fill up an experience meter. And your experience meter is for your character, it's for your specific weapon, which you can swap between four or five, whatever. And, um, you know, as you fill up that experience meter, the gun, the weapon performs better. But when you get hit, you lose experience and your weapon downgrades. So there's like a balance to where you're not just getting hit to lose health and because if you lose health, you die. And if you die, you just go back to your last save point because there's no auto saving, which is like a whole different thing. But you, you want to not get hit because your gun will downgrade and then suddenly you're doing less damage. Now you're less capable. It's a fate worse than losing health, I would Sometimes, say. Sometimes, yeah. It's like, oh man, not having a level three machine gun sucks. 
Yeah, and 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 I mean, I think we're skipping ahead a little bit, but the machine gun is probably one of the most interesting things I've ever seen introduced in a video game because you can actually play through that game and never get the machine gun, mm-hmm. which is baffling to me because the machine gun, unlike any other weapon in the game, has a very unique um, level three movement set because it is the only gun in the game once you upgrade it to the third level, it shoots so fast that you can actually use it as like a temporary jetpack. Oh, you can use it to fly. Yeah, you, you straight up use the machine gun to fly. You can. Na- there's there's an item you get late in the game that lets you like fly for a few seconds, but if you know how to use the machine gun properly, it renders that item useless. Mm-hmm. Which got my galaxy brain going and started fueling fueling that galaxy brain, and it made me think: if there's an item that feels like it's useless because I'm machine gunning and moving around. Does that mean that I don't actually need this item? Does that mean that there's someone else who could potentially use this item? Is there... Because I knew this was a game that had multiple endings, as most Metroidvanias do. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I wonder if this booster thing is a key item in getting the ultimate ending. And sure enough, it is. You can get the booster back, though, once you give it to her, the scientist. You can? You can. You sort of talk to her after she builds the rocket. Oh, I didn't know that. So she takes it away for a minute, but you can get the booster back. So, huh. But it does handicap your movement, even though you don't need to fly during that section where you give the booster away. Hmm. So there is some of what you're thinking, but you can get the stuff back. But you can also get a different version of the booster that someone else needs, not the scientist. Mm-hmm. So like, I do love that this game has a good and bad ending because the bad ending is There's essentially... multiple good endings, I think. I, I thought there was only like four endings. Well, the bad ending is you're you're like three quarters of the way through the game, and the scientist is like, "I'm about to bounce on this dragon. You all want to come?" And you could just go with them and get the bad ending, or you can continue and just be like, "Hey, no, I'm going to continue helping." Um, and then the good ending is essentially just you fighting the last boss. The best ending I didn't end up doing, but just time constraints been i didn't really feel like playing the game over again it takes a lot of time it, it you have you to have do to a lot do of stuff a specific thing in a specific but but this way. game i think the game is good at choreographing that whereas i think games like castlevania are regularly bad about how to get the quote-unquote true ending to continue playing because in in other games it always feels so like obtuse where you're just like I have to I have to equip this random accessory that you find in this random room while i fight the last boss like okay, whatever. Like, I'm glad I looked up a guide because I would never would have figured that out. But in this game, there's some deliberate stuff like, you know, at the beginning of the game, when you load in, you don't have a gun, right? You can uh, navigate the environment to find a scientist trapped in a little room and he's asleep and you could pick up the gun that is your base gun that you end up trading away for the machine gun. But... Later on in the game, again, three quarters of the way through the game, you revisit the starting area and the scientist is awake now and you talk to him and he says, oh, someone took my gun. It wasn't done yet. Like, I still had some upgrades to do to it. So, like, if it was still here, theoretically, I could upgrade it again. It'd be so much better. So it's just, it's a signal boost to say, hey, if you were to play this game again, maybe try to not take the gun away at the beginning of the game because that immediately sets you up for oh, how do you play the game without a gun now? And that's interesting. Yeah, the game has a lot of, like, branching paths, some that go completely different directions, but somewhere, like, on multiple playthroughs. It's fun that there is a that there was a creator who just seemed to include, like, levels of intricacy 
that like isn't super surface level, which makes me think like I would love to have been in 2005 internet era, mm-hmm. like on a NeoGAF form or something. Yeah. And being like, oh, hey, did you figure out that you can do this with Cave Story? Oh, shit, no way. I wonder if you can do this. And people like kind of breaking this game and finding out new things about it. Now you can just be like, you know, YouTube tutorial, best ending, right. blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, look all this stuff up. And it's super easy and super out there. But it wasn't the case back then for all that stuff. So I'd imagine that it would be fun to, you know, have this developer who's like, oh, I have this crazy idea that I don't need to make part of the main game. But I can incorporate and then have people... Find stuff organically or not. Yeah, it really feels like a game that was designed for forums, like a, a, for people to talk about in a way that's like, how do you get past this? How well this? Have you tried this? Have you tried this? So you got to do this. And well, well, what if? How do you get the best ending in the game? Well, you got to do X, Y, and Z. Like I like games that are made that way. Um, I think equal parts nostalgia because it taps into an era of games where I think that the general public could still be surprised by video games. It was in an era where you didn't know that a game had multiple endings when you first loaded into it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think that the general, like, uh, I, I think just marketing of video games and just the always online mentality that a lot of publishers and developers have with games, you can't really be surprised about a game because why would you want to hide that you have multiple endings in your game when that's a marketing point, you know? Like that sucks that we don't capitalism ruins everything. It it sucks that we don't have that sense of discovery anymore. And I think that's really where cave story shines. I I think it is a game that is good at having secrets that are actually discoverable in some interesting ways that don't feel like they're unfair. It doesn't feel like it comes out of nowhere. And it feels like if you commit to the world building that's in place, you can kind of figure out what's actually going on in the world. I didn't care about that. Well, well, Which should take yeah, I mean, you yeah. and some people who listen to this is not a huge shock. That there was a certain point where I'm like, oh, this is interesting. I'm like a robot boy, I guess. And now I'm like going to like go free some furry people. And there's some stuff going on that's kind of weird with eggs and science. And there's teleporters and bunnies. Funny people. And then I stopped caring. And then I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I just like I just like the game plan. Because the moment to moment gameplay of using your different weapons, swapping between them, trying not to get hit the different enemy types, the terrain, the traversal, is fun. There's there's good solid gameplay. It here. feels good. It feels it, good. Still it feel, does. It feels like a solid NES game that was lost to time. Like a game where it's like, man, you remember how crunchy this game felt? Like it just feels good to to hit things and get hit in cave story. Mm-hmm. Which is Pretty rare, honestly, these days. A lot of games don't feel good to play. Um, but Cave Story is one of those games that feels good. But I think what I really love about the game is the challenge the challenge of trying to master effortlessly swapping between your weapons in, like, big boss fights. Like, I think nothing strikes me... Nothing was more fun to me than the, the third to last boss fight when you're fighting Misery in the Heavens area where she's floating around and you have to like hot swap between your machine guns to, to dodge her, her uh, shadow balls and then swapping between your missiles. And it just felt like I got hypnotized and I got in the groove of like hot swapping between all of my weapons to, in order to effortlessly fly around an area and, and deal damage. You can really get into a groove, which is fun because the different, you know, the weapons have different utility, right? Mm-hmm. So I 
loved using like you know fireballs in combination with the machine gun in combination with you know the the throwing star throwing knives and like it was it was great uh and being able to like like you said just just to hot swap them because you can only have so many instances of a weapon on the screen at the same time like you can only have like three active fireballs there's almost like a sprite limit or you know seven active bullets yeah. so it's like how do i get to be in a way to where my bullets can hit them faster than they appear on screen so i can infinitely mash through them uh th- there's a lot of like fun optimization for whether it's like a speed run or for like your own personal performance that you can do in cave story which is fun and i don't know if that was designed in as much as it was you know figured out in terms of fun optimization which is fun because you know when you're in 25 2005 you're in 25 holy fuck <laughs> when you're in 2005 i don't think you're really thinking about you know mm, i wonder what this does for the speed running community it's just a game that's right. made with a bunch of constraints that eventually people go hmm this is interesting and then start to break open which makes a Cave Story a fun speed run, which makes Cave Story just just a fun game. Oh, like, I gotta watch a speed run for that. Yeah, yeah, you should. It, it makes Cave Story a, a fun game. When I when I went for the best ending, and there's like you know, there's a bunch of rooms at the end that are really fucking hard, dude. Oh really? Like the the game difficulty changes. Oh yeah, it goes boop, spikes up. It's like uh, I was gonna make a boner joke, but I don't think I'm anything funny. I mean, it, it, the, honestly, there is a period at the end when you're in the next to final area right before you go to the heavens area mm-hmm. where you're kind of doing some hellish platforming. It really reminded me of the optional castle area in Hollow Knight because I'm like, this is tough platforming. Like, Oh, with like a little red spikes. So yeah. yeah. I'm like, this is hard, but it's fun. Like, I, I like this challenge and I wasn't expecting that sort of like grinding your teeth against the platforms type of uh, vibe because the game isn't really demanding in a platforming sense until up until that point. It can be if you want to use the machine gun and the boosters to like fuck around and like have autumn movement. But at that point, you kind of need to use the booster and the right. machine gun. And, and that's the thing is as uh, the thing that feels nice about playing that game is when I did discover the machine gun hover, I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see how speedrunners just use this to basically never touch the floor (laughs) do you think cave story is like an all-time great game that feels like a loaded question how how, how does this like rank up against other games that we've talked about other indie games that are you know a little bit older that we've looked back on because i think that in playing cave story I wanted to keep playing it. I was never annoyed playing it. Mm-hmm. I continue to have fun. I think there's mechanics here that are really unique that I'm surprised haven't been copped over to other things that are more popular. Uh, I don't think it's perfect all the way around. I think there's there's some rough edges, which makes sense given the year and the single developer. I think the music oftentimes is, is really fun. It always uh, The music's chill. It's great. Um, but it's hard for me to be like... Dude, you have to play Cave Story. Universal recommendation, A-plus game. I feel like I'm more of the point of, of, hey, have you played Cave Story? If not, maybe you should, but like, I'm not going to twist your arm about it. It feels like a historical piece more than anything. It feels like a game that if you're interested in seeing how, you know, uh, Metroidvania-type indie games became a thing... What better place? I mean, honestly, just for the fact of it being like the first indie game, I feel like that's reason enough to experience it. And for one reason, really, like if you want to really want to play this game, you just download it for free. Yeah. The original version of the game is still available to play for free. 
And, you know, the, the version that we played on the Switch is K-Story Plus, which is an updated graphics where basically they took the sprite art from the original game and kind of added like a semi-3D finish to it to make it a little more a little more poppy. And, you know, it's of course supports an HD resolution TV. But really, like... And some quality of life. Changes. And some quality of life stuff. But the game is free. Like, I can't... I couldn't imagine making this game, especially in 2004, and saying, eh, I, had, I made this game literally on my spare time. Well, I'll just release it for free. Like, that's crazy to me. Dude, how do you even promote that? You don't just go on Twitter and be like, hey, everybody, a new game, post, tweet. I mean, th- that's basically what happened, but in an era where that wasn't a thing, you know? Which is, like, noble. It feels like a weird, like, Mr. Robot scenario, or it's just someone who's figured it all out. And is releasing it all to the public, you know? I think since then, Homie's made enough money, though. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, well-deserved. Like, the game got ported to 3DS for Cave Story 3D, which added an actual 3D effect to the game. And then you got Cave Story Plus, which, like, you know, he partnered with uh, Nicholas, who is a a pretty, like, small uh, publisher for, like, indie games. But, like, good on them. They got their money for this. Like, I think Nicholas has also published uh, Binding of Isaac on Switch. So, like, it's good company to be in. And really, like, I just realized this right now, is Nicholas basically just saying, we're just going to republish all of the first indie games ever made on Switch, which is like, hey, that's a good business model. It works. Because I, I couldn't think of something, like, what better company to be in than, like, among, you know, Binding of Isaac and whatnot. Like, that's pretty damn good company. Yeah, it feels like it's good company because... It's good company. Yeah, very good game. And I mean, you can buy it on Steam if you don't want to download it for free. Yeah, you know, like, and like there's, you can pay for the game if you want. Like if you want like to look a little bit better and stuff, but you really just, you can play it for free if you really want to and not like a pirating thing. Like it is literally available as a download. Um, be- before we wrap up, one thing I really wanted to tap into is this weird uh and again it from approaching it from a 2004 perspective in 2020 the game is just inherently sad in a way that i wasn't expecting everything about the world just feels like and everything's fucked up you're a robot who was a, a killing machine and it's just there's this subservient race of creatures called the mimiga and it just felt weirdly like on the nose for 2020 in a way that was just like this was made by a, a Japanese man in 2004. Like, this is weird that it feels so prescient and it feels so oppressive, sad, and melancholy, but also kind of beautiful. Um, something about just, you know, scientists going mad. Nothing groundbreaking, but I don't know. There's just, I think the soundtrack combined with the visuals just had a melancholy feel, which I really dug. Yeah, but you're a sad boy. I mean, yeah, I guess, but it just felt like a, a, a just a good a good vibe for a game like this. Also, the last boss was nonsense. Four phases? Are you kidding me? First, you got to fight misery, then you got to fight the scientists, and you got to fight enraged scientists, and then you got to fight giant monolith scientist thing. While two other, I was like, this is too much. You gotta. That's what you have the health pot for. This is too. Oh, I used my health pot earlier. I was like, I probably will need this later, but I was like, whatever, I'll use it right now. Yeah, no, you need the health pot. You don't get, you don't get it refi- You don't get it re- uh, refueled. I think that's interesting. I think that it's interesting that the game gives you a one-time only. You can heal your health immediately, but there's no, you can't refill it. Like, 
you can die and then get it back in your save. Yeah, but that's about it, which is interesting. Like, that's a bold choice. I felt like I was locking myself out of an ending by using that item. <laughs> Classic video game logic. Right? Like, it, it felt like when I was like, this, there's n- I'm probably not going to be able to get this back. So I like that. I like that everything felt, like, deliberate, which was cool. Because not a lot of games do stuff like that. I dug it. Yeah, I, I dug Cave Story. But, but like I said, I don't, you know. It's like, what, four hours, though? It's like a four-hour experience. Four, four out of five, eight out of ten good but don't run to it probably worthwhile from a historical perspective yeah. does cool stuff but like nothing that i'm gonna walk around and preach the gospel about right i, I mean i feel like everything that this game introduces we've seen done uh, you know by mul- by multiple people uh better like something like hollow knight you can clearly see the evolution from something like Cave Story to Hollow Knight. You mean the best game we've ever played on the show, Hollow Knight? Yeah. But then Hollow Knight was made by like five people instead of one, you know? <laughs> really, you know, that's actually what helps it go through. We a lot of, you know, we also, the, the, the show by and large is like a catalog of exceptional, exceptional video games, mm-hmm. right? So it's also hard to just compare it to like the rest of our catalog because, well, I, well again, you know, if I'm going to say four out of five, we've played a lot of five out of fives. Yeah. And we've played a lot of like bright, glowing five out of fives. Sekiro, Hollow Knight, mm-hmm. Death Stranding. And we played, we played a lot of good games. So one, if you haven't gone through the back catalog because you're somehow listening and you're like new to our operation, hey, thanks. Two, you can follow us on Patreon if that helps and you want more of these because, you know, money makes the world go around, baby. <laughs> uh, these mics, they aren't cheap. They're like $100. Um, yeah, we're renting them. We pay $500 every day to rent them. Please give us money. That would be just a bad business decision and no <laughs> one should feel sorry for us. But, uh, yeah, go, go listen, go listen to, the, to the podcast. Follow, follow it on the podcast player if you haven't yet. And go ahead and play the game that Nick and I are going to play next week. And what is that game, Joey? I think that what we're going to do is we're going to stay kind of on the topic of... Um, we're working on a long-term project, but in the meantime... Crunchy graphics. Crunchy? Uh, RPG-esque. Okay. What if I wanted to feel sad? Oh, dead people? Maybe. Ah, well, I got the best idea for you then. Why don't we load up To the Moon? I've always wanted to play To the Moon. I've owned it on Steam for... I think it honestly might be one of the first games I ever bought on Steam. And I've never played played it. it? Yeah. It's wild. To the Moon is a game uh, that's also a little bit short. Mm. Also a little bit RPG. Also a little bit crunchy. Also a little bit sad. And uh, something that, you know, was also made by not many people. It was made in a game about making video games. RPG Maker. I've never played an RPG Maker game, so I'm very excited to check it out. Yeah. Me very too. mostly because I want to go be sad. Yeah, I'm very curious. So, thank you for uh, playing Cave Story because I know you did. And if you haven't, you better go play it. It's only like four or five hours. Um, but until next time, play to the moon. It's gonna be a good time. And then Dude, we're getting super arty to the moon. And wow. then we're gonna do something. We're gonna go. We're gonna go out of left field on the next one. You won't expect this. You might expect it if you were paying attention at the beginning, but whatever. Wow, you can't call back to that. <laughs> no, that gets people to go back in the podcast, right? That's not how it works. People are done. People are just going to cut it off. Be done. Bye. I'll probably cut it off after you say, cut it off. We're done.
Well, really?